Would you turn with me this evening to scripture that we've been looking at in our Friday sessions in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and then also in Hebrews chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 4 and Hebrews chapter 10. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, you might uh, look on with your neighbor if they have one. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. We began, I guess a couple of weeks ago, talking about the subject of faith. And I get about as excited about faith as anything I know of for a number of reasons. One is I know what it's done for me. Amen. And we're not called Faith Life Church for nothing. You know, the scripture said, when the Lord returns, shall he find faith in the earth. When he looks at Branson, he will. Amen. I believe you'll find it some other places too. We can't control everybody, but one thing for sure. When his eyes are scanning over Branson, beep, beep, he'll find us. We'll be going, hey, yeah, Lord, there's some faith. Oh, boy, there's a bright spot of faith. Where's that at in Missouri? Yeah, down next to the Arkansas border. That's a bunch of faith down there. Amen. That'd be us. And others, too, I know. Second Corinthians 4, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 says, We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Is it possible to have trouble all the way around you and not be distressed? Huh? If you have faith. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Is it possible? To be scratching your head and wondering what's going on and still not be down over it. You say, what's going on? You can go, I don't know, but I'm happy. <laughs> Do you know what's happening in this deal? No, I don't, but I'm not depressed. I know who does. I know who's going to get me through it. I know who's going to show me what I need to know. Amen. Faith is always up. Everybody say that. Faith is always up. See, never down. Never down. No such thing as somebody being depressed and, and they're in faith. No such thing. I'm going to say, well, we're just, we're just believing God the best we know how. Well, honey, you don't know good enough because that ain't it. <laughs> you may feel like crying. You may feel like a lot of stuff, but if you yield to the depression, go in the bedroom and pull the door and pull the blinds and put a cool cloth on your head and feel sorry for yourself, you ain't in faith. I said, you're not. No such thing as being scared and depressed and you're in faith. No. Faith is up. Faith is victorious. Amen. Amen. In the face of seeming insurmountable problems and impossible situations, I mean, faith will laugh in the face of death. Amen. Amen. You know, Christianity is not for the, the weak. 
A lot of people don't even, they don't even know what real Christianity is. Christ Dianity, like the anointed one, was Jesus weak? How did he face problems? I'm telling you what, he wasn't scared of anything, was he? Did you ever see Jesus scared in the four Gospels? Did you ever see Jesus scared at all, even a little bit? You ever see him scared of, of a storm or a devil or a disease or anything? I mean, he stood up in the middle of that boat pitching and the wind blowing and the waves splashing him in the face. And he said, now you calm down. Quit blowing like that. Why do you lay down and be still? And it, it obeyed him. And I said, yeah, but now, Brother Keith, that's Jesus. Yeah, and he did it as a man, not as God. Did you hear me? And he, he's showing us what to do. This is how we're supposed to, wasn't scared of a devil, wasn't scared of a disease. That's faith. He's my hero. Amen. I want to be just like him when I grow up. You too? Yeah. He goes on to say persecuted, but we know we're not forsaken. Never alone. Do you understand you are never alone? I don't care if all your friends leave you, you know, if your mom and daddy write you off, if your dog leaves and goes to be with somebody else. <laughs> you are not alone. The psalmist said, though my mother and father forsake me, yet the Lord will take me up. Amen. Amen. Don't you get to sitting in your apartment or somewhere and say, I'm just so alone. I'm just so lonely. No, you're being ignorant of the greater one who lives on the inside of you. You are not alone. Amen. He's in you. That's right. He's with you. Amen. He's real. Yep. And the angels are with you. Amen. You're not alone. Never alone. Everybody say, never alone. Never. I'm never alone. He said we're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're not alone. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Just because you got knocked down, just because you tripped, just because you found that your nose was where your feet were a few minutes ago, it's not over. That's right. I said it's not over. Get up. Dust yourself off. Amen. We can still win this thing. Now he goes on to say, verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. He's describing the spirit of faith. Notice spirit of faith. Not just mentality of faith. Not just principle of faith. Spirit of faith. The spirit of faith, you don't get just by being taught. Some things... Are, are, are better caught than taught. You know what I mean by that? The spirit of faith. You know, there are, there are a number of people can quote scripture to you, but they're not full of faith. You understand that? You know, education is good. Going to Bible school and, and seminary is great and fine and good, but there are people that have multiple degrees. And know Hebrew and Greek and Chaldean and Aramaic and everything else, but don't know God. Well, that's no good. Be good to know both. Amen. Amen. I, I wish I knew all of that. Amen. But I'd rather know God than anything. Amen. 
Amen. I want to know God first and foremost. And you can know a lot of stuff, but not be a believer, not have faith. Faith is evidenced by your whole personality. It's evidenced. You can see faith in somebody's eyes. You can hear it in the tone of their voice. You can see it in the way they carry themselves. You can see it in the way they respond to things, the way they make the decisions, the way they do everything in life. The spirit of faith. Amen. I love faith, don't you? Years ago, I was uh, in a meeting, and a missionary from Africa, actually, who's since become a good friend of mine, uh, he stood up at that point. I didn't know him at all. I just saw him. I'm hearing him speak for the first time. He spoke about five minutes. I reached over and poked Phyllis. I said, I like him. She said, you don't even know him. I said, he's got faith. She said, how do you know? I said, I can tell. Listen. Amen. He wasn't bragging on himself. You could just tell he, he knows God to a degree and has confidence in him and trusts in him and is expecting certain things based on that trust and confidence. Faith is real. I said, faith is real. Living faith. Glory to God. The spirit of faith. Go with me please to uh, 1 John. I didn't forget about Hebrews. But go to 1 John. Let's look at this. I'll just give you a little warning right now. There ain't no telling how long this series might last. (laughs) But we'll just go till we get through. Amen? Amen. Or the Lord says do something else. In 1 John 5. Anybody in here like faith besides me? I I tell you, just, you know, I'd rather think about faith than than have a good meal. And I like good meals. 1 John 5 and 4. 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the world. Any problem you can describe is in the world. Right? Well, this is a good verse now. If it's in the world, you can whoop it. You can come over it. You can overcome. If it's in the world, you can win. Look at it, whatever, whatsoever, that covers anything and everything. Whatsoever is born of God, that be all of us, overcomes the world, that be anything in the world. And this is how you do it. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? (laughs) What is it that enables us to overcome every time of lack? Every time of trial, every time of test, every sickness, every disease, every problem in the marriage, every problem with every kid and every grandkid, every problem in business, every problem in life, every problem in the world, what would enable you to overcome it? Faith. Faith. Is that true? It's got to be true. Here it is right here. So, you know, without overstating it, without overemphasizing it, no matter what you're dealing with, what should you be thinking about? Faith. Faith. 
What's the correct response to every question and every situation and everything that comes up? Faith. Amen. Somebody said, what are we going to do now? (laughs) Well, we're going to trust God. Amen. And we're going to win. What about now? We're going to trust God some more. And we're going to win again. Is it, it, the scriptures say, he always causes us to triumph? So when do we quit? When do we get down? When do we start crying and feeling sorry for ourselves? Despairing. Never is that okay. Now, I just know that some folk think, well, now, Brother Keith, sometimes you just can't help it. And we all have our low times. I ain't agreeing with you on that. Hmm? I've gone for years now. And never had any bouts of depression. Actually decades. I've gone for decades. (laughs) Haven't taken any medication for depression. Haven't gone to any psychiatrist. I'm going to say, well, you ain't had to deal with what I've had. Probably had to deal with a lot more than what you've had to deal with. Maybe not. I don't know. Now, I've passed by some marvelous opportunities <laughs> to get scared and get down and feel sorry for myself. I've had some opportunities. But I just said, nope. No thanks. Ain't no future in that. Hmm? But I do know what has allowed God to get me through again and again and again and heal me every time and help me pay my bills every time and show me what to do every time. I'd look up sometimes through tears, sometimes through fighting off thoughts of fears. But I say, uh-uh, no, God's on the throne. The word is true. I trust you, Lord. I don't know everything that's going on, but I know this. You're bringing me out. I don't know how, but I know you are. You've never failed me. You never will. So I'm just going to go ahead and shout right now and give you thanks and give you praise. Finn, if you'll do that every time, doesn't take any more effort than laying over in the bed and crying. (laughs) Doesn't take any more effort. A lot more fun. Ain't no fun to feel sorry for yourself. Huh? Your friends don't enjoy it either. They might put up with it, but I assure you they do not enjoy it. <laughs> Who wants to be around somebody sad and depressed, feeling sorry for themselves? Tell me what will overcome anything in the world. Our. Did you get that? This is the victory. That overcomes the world, even our faith. Let's make that personal and say my. This is the victory that overcomes the whole world, even my faith. Say say the whole thing with me. This is the victory that overcomes the whole world, even my faith. My faith that I got from the word, my faith in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. The spirit of faith is the spirit of the overcomer. 
Is it not true that we are more than conquerors? And we're not losers. The devil's a loser. Amen. I'm going to keep telling you that. We're going to get that settled after a while. You're a winner. The devil's a loser. In fact, he's the loser. That's what he's going to be characterized throughout. It makes him mad when I say it. That's why I keep saying it. He is going to be known throughout eternity as the loser. Did you know that? Everything he's done, he tried to, you know, bring an insurrection and overthrow the throne. He lost. He tried to destroy humanity at the flood and time and time again. He lost. He lost. He lost. He lost. When Jesus came on the scene, he thought he had won when Jesus was crucified. But oh, did he lose. I mean, he lost everything. He thought he'd destroy the church several times through history, but he has lost, lost, lost. Why? Because he's a loser. (laughs) And me and you, we're winners. In fact, we're overcomers. In fact, we're more than conquerors through our Lord Jesus. Am I quoting Bible? I'm not making this up, right? I mean, this ought to make us so happy. The spirit of faith is the spirit of the overcomer is the spirit of victory. Now now go back with me to Hebrews 10. And we begin, like we said a couple of sessions ago, getting into this 11th chapter of Hebrews. This great hall of fame of faith of all the great patriarchs, how they demonstrated faith, God saw fit to record this for eternity. Because he wants us to know how important faith is, how vital faith is, and to see what faith looks like, and to hear what faith sounds like. In the 10th chapter of Hebrews, verse 35, Hebrews 10, 35, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Anybody got confidence about anything in here tonight? Hmm? Let's talk about it a little bit. You got confidence? Well, we'll just wait and see. That's not confidence. Confidence. I have confidence that soon and very soon this whole place will be paid for. I'm not wondering about it. I'm already making plans to buy other stuff. But I'm not going to move. You know, I want certain things done. Amen. Before we move ahead on anything else. But uh, I don't lay awake at night. I haven't lost one moment of sleep. I haven't missed one meal. Laying into bed thinking, boy, I sure hope that thing comes in. What if enough money don't come in to pay for that thing? What if I'm left holding the bag? We don't have a denomination underwriting us. We don't have a bunch of rich people that got together to underwrite us. We're trusting God. He's big, you know. He's a big underwriter. When he's, when he's got you, you're, you're okay. I haven't lost one bit of sleep about that. I have confidence. Amen. That, that every, every one of these seats be paid for. Every, every bit of this. Amen. Well, that's faith. Now, what if, you know, I lost weight and 
and lost my appetite and couldn't sleep and, and I'm always talking to Phyllis going, you think we're going to be able to do it? Boy, that's a lot of money. Hmm. What do you think? Every time I came, I said, you know, y'all pray. Well, we need to pray about this. I sure hope, I hope it comes in. Y'all pray. Does that mean I have confidence? Then would I be in faith? Well, we sure hope it comes in. Mm-mm, but you just never know. Boy, you know, people like you one day, and next week they might all just leave and go somewhere else. And you just never know. And I just never say that. <laughs> Unless I'm using it for an example. You'll never hear me say that. That's not confidence, is it? Now, I, I say that, I'm not drawing attention to me. I say that because I want to give you a specific example. If you go to be prayed for to be healed, and then you come back and you get a bad report at the doctor, and, and you say, well, man, I hope this, you know, don't get any worse. Uh, but they said, you know, once it gets to this point, it always goes this way. Well, are you in faith? No, you're not. Do you have confidence about anything about being healed? No, you don't. Faith has confidence. Amen. Confidence in God. Confidence in His Word. Confidence about what has happened. Confidence about what is happening. Confident expectation about how this thing's going to turn out. Amen. Before you see and feel or figure out how it could work out good, you have confidence that this thing is going to turn out good. Amen. I have confidence that the conflict in Iraq is turning out good for us. We've prayed. Amen. I have confidence. I'm not grabbing people by the arm like somebody did me a day or two ago. Oh, brother, you better get your church to pray. You better get them to praying because we just don't know what might happen over there. Well, I'm not yield, I'm not joining them in their fear. Because that does nobody any good. No, we have prayed. God has heard our prayers. You can see it. Amen. Oh, how he's answering our prayers. Amen. Everybody say confidence. Faith has confidence. See, he said, don't cast, don't, don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw your confidence away. Don't let your confidence get away. Somebody said, well, I'm single, Brother Keith, and I've been praying for 20 years for the right man. And I don't see him. <laughs> Brother Keith, I've been praying for the right woman for 10 years, and, and I hadn't found her, and I'm getting older, and Man, I just don't know. That does not sound like confidence to me. Hmm? Which means you're not in faith. Now, I know I'm being repetitive, but this is important. This is important. Faith is a rest. Quietness. Confidence. Trust. God's heard my prayer. Amen. He's granted my request. He's taken care of me. Everybody say confidence. What about your bills? Hmm? Man, I just don't know. You do understand we've got Christians talking like this all the time. Well, how are you doing on your bills? Well, not too good. 
And I just don't know how this thing's going to go. You know, all this uncertainty is in the air. We don't know what the market's going to do and the interest rate. and got that war going over there. I hope, you know, we pull out okay. But is that confidence? Are you in faith then? No. Does God have a legal right to help you if you're doubting and unbelieving? The answer is no. He requires faith of us. We talked about this previously. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So no matter what kind of prayer you pray, if you don't end up in faith, he's not pleased with that prayer. Some folk don't know whether they like that or not. But let me, let me try to say it some different ways. Maybe I'll say it a way you like it better. Verse 35. Cast not away your confidence. Which has great recompense of reward. Does it pay off to keep your confidence? And to keep your confidence up. Amen. You just need to talk like that. You know regularly. And say I am confident. That this is happening. And that this is going to happen. I'm confident. Amen. Every bill will be paid. I'm confident we'll pay every debt off. I'm confident. I mean, instead of laying and and feeling sorry for yourself, having troubles in your marriage, uh, get somewhere quiet and pray. Uh, But then don't just pray and beg. When you get through praying, stand up and say, I'm confident that the Lord will help us. We'll work this out. He'll show us how this marriage can be restored. How we can have what we're supposed to have in God. Instead of going, oh, he's so hard-headed, they ain't no need him talking to him. Is that confidence? That's having no confidence in God. It's having no confidence in Him. Y'all want me to preach on something else tonight? <laughs> Let me just stay with it. I, I have confidence that we'll be okay. <laughs> that we'll get to the right place. We'll wind up all right. Keep reading. He said, verse 36, you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, faith is the will of God, confidence is the will of God, you stay with it perseverantly, and then you receive the promise. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Faith steps out. Amen. Doubt draws back. Faith steps out. Amen. I mean, take it to the new birth. So many people get born again when they have enough faith to do what? Stand up. Step out into the aisle. Is that right? Step down to the front. Right? Faith without works is dead. Faith steps out. You know, business owners in here. You never had any prosperity in your business if you hadn't had enough faith in God, in yourself, in other things that were going on to step out in that venture. Right? Nothing would have ever happened if you hadn't taken that step. We wouldn't have a church here if we hadn't taken a step. Right? You wouldn't be married if you hadn't taken that step. Right? (laughs) Faith takes steps. Faith steps out. Doubt draws back. Keep reading, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
By it, the elders obtained a good report. And we talked about that a couple of sessions ago, linked that together with verse 6 about how without faith it's impossible to please God and how that faith is the thing that causes us to be approved of God, commended of God, even praised of God. God's impressed with faith. You see in Jesus' own ministry that there were times when he'd turn around and go, now now boys, that's faith. I hadn't seen faith like that in the whole nation. Remember that? He was impressed and he was pleased. And that's what you and I should have in our heart that in our life from time to time and week to week, that there ought to be times in our life that our father just smile and go, yeah, that's good. Talking about you. Yeah, that's my boy. That's my girl. Look at that. That's faith. It pleases him. It blesses him. Keep reading. Verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now let's talk about this tonight. Let me read it again carefully. Let me say this first. Faith is a living thing. Hebrews 11.1 says this is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. That doesn't mean that's all there is to faith. Because he begins in verse 2 and the rest of the chapter shows you different sides and facets of faith, living faith in action. Faith has so many sides, so many facets like a diamond. It has so many different aspects to it. And I believe in this chapter you see some of the chief characteristics of faith. But there are so many different ways it's expressed. Here we see God, who is a faith God, through his faith-filled words, framed the worlds. Amen. And everything that you and I can touch and feel and see was created through God's faith-filled words. Somebody said he made it out of nothing. That's not what the scripture said. He created it with his faith-filled words. That's not nothing. But it is something that is not seen. Here's something we have to get our minds renewed to. Just because you can't see a thing doesn't mean it's nothing. Right? Doesn't mean it's not real. Doesn't mean it's not powerful. Doesn't mean it can't change things. You can see. Everything you and I see and feel. This, uh, the materials, this podium is made out of the carpet and the wood and the stone and the steel and the cloth. This at one time could not be seen. Have you thought about that? There was a time when you couldn't see any of these materials. But God, out of his insights, out of his faith, out of his vision and his understanding and his wisdom, he put all that into words and he said, light be. 
And out of what you could not see, things became that you could see. Hallelujah. Now, this principle of operation has never changed. There is no better way of doing things. There is no better way of changing things. And the Lord intends that you and I learn to operate like Him. And operate in the principles He operates in. Let me read it again. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Worlds framed by words. Worlds framed by words. Go with me to Mark 11. You got time to look at a few scriptures tonight? Mark 11, I want us to act on this before we leave tonight. I believe we can get some really good results if you all stay with me and not sleep for a few minutes here. Mark 11, are you there? You remember how that Jesus, walking out of the city, he saw a fig tree and he spoke to it and said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever and just turned and walked away. Now, if you were going by what you saw, you might think nothing happened. You'd have to add to the scriptures to try to say that the ground shook or that lightning flashed, or that there was any noise. We have no indication. In fact, all the disciples, nothing was said about them. They all just kept walking. Jesus looked at that fig tree and spoke to it and said, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And we'd have to add to the scripture to say that even a leaf moved. Nothing that you could see or feel or hear. And they just turned and left. Now, is Jesus talking to a tree? Hmm? Yeah. He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the water. He spoke to things you couldn't see. I know I was stirred up some years ago. I was reading in Luke. And it it told about how that Peter's mother-in-law was taken with a great fever. And how that Jesus, the Bible said, in ministering to her, said he rebuked. The fever. And when I read that, I saw it different than I'd seen it before. I thought, now hold up, hold up. Jesus is talking to a fever. Right? He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not talking to God. He's not praying to the Father. He's not even talking to the devil. He's talking to a fever. And I stopped and I thought, now... Jesus is talking to a fever. Can fevers hear? (laughs) See, we don't think that way, do we? In our world with our science and our education, we've gotten away from some things. We, We don't even think that way. 
People, you know, if I wasn't quoting the scripture right now, a lot of folk would think that's, that's absurd. You pray and ask God if he would, if he was a mind to, do something about the fever. And if he wants to, he will. And if he don't, he won't. <laughs> but that's not Bible. That's man's religious, unscriptural thinking. And it's what's held people out of answers. Held people out of healing for centuries. Now let's get back to what Jesus said. Let's get back to what he did. He rebuked the fever. And I thought, can fevers hear? And I read the next phrase. It said, and it left her. (laughs) I thought, yep. (laughs) Fevers can hear. And I got excited. Because I thought, if fevers can hear, high blood pressure can hear. Huh? AIDS can hear. Cancer can hear. Tumors can hear. Right? Diabetes can hear. But the thing is, are we talking to it? Most people are not. Because they do not believe in the power of their words. They, They don't understand faith. Now, here we are in the great hall of fame of faith, Hebrews 11, and we are what? Three verses into it. Right? Just two verses before that. The third verse, and he's telling us about how that God uses his words to release his faith and create and frame and mold and shape all of creation to be the way he wants it to be through faith-filled words. Is there a better way to do it then? Are we supposed to do it a different way? No, we're told to be imitators of God as dear children. Jesus went on to say, after the, you know, they came back some hours later, it says verse 20, in the morning, so I guess it was at least 24 hours later, after he had spoken to the tree with seeming no, no change. But 24 hours later, as they passed by, they, the disciples, saw the fig tree dried up. How? From the roots, something happened, but it happened in the realm you couldn't see. Right? But it affected the realm you could see. Well, friend, if you can get this, it'll change your life. If you learn how to speak to things that you can't see, and even though you can't see them and it seems like there was no effect, you know that it was. Jesus didn't stand out there and rebuke that fig tree and bind it all night. He didn't scream in tongues and point his finger at it. Bind it and rebuke it for 24 hours. Did he? Well, see, now you have to watch about that kind of thing because when are you going to believe it's done? See, people that are doing that, when are they going to believe it's done? When they see Something, which means there's no faith involved. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. What did Jesus do? Fig tree. Nobody's going to eat fruit off of you forever. Let's go, guys. And they left, right? I don't think he wondered about it. And, and you know, later on that, that day, looked at Peter and said, Peter... You reckon that did any good? 
<laughs> what do you think? I gave it my best shot. Now that means you're not believing. If you have confidence, you don't have to ask 12 people what they think about it. The Lord's helping us here tonight. He just said it and went on. And something was happened. First, something happened in the spirit realm. Then it affected underneath in the roots. And then it affected the tree and the trunk and the limbs. And finally, the thing you could see, the most obvious, the leaves, was the last thing to change. These leaves are representative of your symptoms. That's the last thing to change. If you're waiting on seeing that to change before you're going to believe, it's never going to work. Because it's your believing that causes the root to be affected, that causes the trunk, that causes the limb, that causes the leaf. Leaf's going to be the last thing you see. Hmm? You speak to that fever. Mothers, don't put up with your babies having high fevers. Daddies, speak to it. Say, fever go down. Toxicity go away. Inflammation go away. People say, I just don't know about that. Well, it won't work for you then. We have practiced it. We have seen this for a solid 25 years now. People come too late to tell me it doesn't work. I have felt tumors go away under my hand. Not, Not talking about something I heard. I mean, I felt it. It was there, a great big honking lump. And I felt it under my hand. Just go flat. When we commanded it to dissolve and go away in the mighty name of Jesus. It's not just for me. It's not just for a preacher. That's for all of us. Every child of God has a right to the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. Every mama, every daddy has a right to say, no, you don't, devil. Take your hand off my child. No, fever, leave that baby. Colic, get out of this room. Can these things hear? If we believe the Bible, we have to believe. That's how Jesus dealt with stuff. Is there a better way? No. But people have become educated beyond their intellect and rely on what they see more than they do the Word of God. But not us. Amen. Jesus said, when they saw this fig tree dried up from the roots... When Peter said, Master, look, look, that fig tree that you cursed yesterday, it's withered away. And Jesus said, oh, look at that. I was hoping that'd work. <laughs> Ain't that something? Uh-uh. Do you think Jesus was surprised? He didn't run over there and go, is that right? Look at that. Mm-mm. I mean, he can, can you hear his language? He just says, have faith in God. 
What does that mean? He was completely confident that that's what was going to happen. I don't think he'd have changed if it looked the same for six months. Do you? No, because he understood faith and walked in faith. We know he pleased God, don't we? I mean an audible voice. They heard it. Sound out of heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Well, why was he so well pleased? What does the other scripture say? Without faith. It's impossible to please him. So we know among other things, he's walking in faith from the time he gets up in the morning to the time he lays his head down at night. It's faith, faith. He prays in faith. He speaks in faith, teaches in faith. Amen. Commands fevers to leave in faith and fig trees to die in faith. And so why did he do that? I don't know, but I, if he did it, it needed killing. I'm on his side. You understand? <laughs> Some people bless their hearts. They just, well, I don't understand that. Why did he kill that little fig tree? Well, whose side are you on now? Fig trees or his? I guarantee you, if he killed it, it needed killing. There's some reasons why that I, I'm aware of. I won't go into. But anyway, Jesus said, have faith in God. One translation says, have the faith of God. That's a literal translation. He's telling them, you can do this. He said, verily I say to you, you, that whosoever. So who would this work for? Anybody that would say to this mountain. Now he spoke to a fig tree. But he points over here to something a whole lot bigger than a fig tree. He said whoever would say to this mountain. Whoever would do what? Say. Say. Be removed. Be cast into the sea. Not doubt in your heart. But believe that those things that you say will come to pass. You will have what? What you said. Do you see how many times say is in there or some form of it? Now go over to Matthew. Let's look at Matthew's account of this same happening. Matthew 21 and verse 21. Well, verse 20, when the disciples saw the fig tree, they marveled. And they said, how soon is the fig tree withered away? It looked good 24 hours ago. Now things dried up. Jesus said, verily I say to you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you would say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Is he telling them they could do what he did and even greater things? Does this agree with other scripture? Where he said, if you believe on me, you believe on my name, the works that I've done, you'll do. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Could we speak to something like he did? Huh? Is this wonderful? Could we get results like he did? Could we speak to the wind? Let's say a tornado is headed right toward your house. Is God sending that tornado to tear your house up? That you believed him for? (laughs) 
That you believed him to get in for the money to get in. You believed him to make the payments. You believed him to pay it off or you're believing him to pay it off. And then he's going to send a tornado and tear it up for you. Mm-mm. Then what should you do? You rebuke that thing. And it's better off if you rebuke it before it gets in the county. No way till it gets on your doorstep. T- tell that thing to go around you. Hmm? Tell it to go around you. We do all the time. When we hear about bad weather and stuff, we immediately, we speak and say, you know, winds, we command you, blow the hail and the, uh, the storm and the funnel clouds and all of that and the torrential rain, blow it away from our stuff and around our stuff. Somebody said, well, what about, won't you just, the whole country. I don't have authority concerning the whole country. I have more authority of what's mine. What I have authority over, I have a right to pray over more than anything else. Are you with me? I don't have authority over all of your stuff. Now, if you're a member here at the church, I have some authority. I I speak over your stuff too. But winds blow that around. You know, we've been flying for years. And the first airplane we had was not all weather capable. And I had meetings all over the country. And so I needed good weather. And especially if you're going to fly over the whole country. I mean, I'm, sometimes we fly to San Francisco in this little airplane. That kind of thing. And you know, we never canceled one trip in two and a half years with that little airplane because of weather. We flew, I mean, we flew from uh, Louisiana one time. And there was weather everywhere. And I, I, the Lord's my witness, Phyllis is sitting here. There was a 10 mile swath that was clear. Between where we left and Tulsa, Oklahoma. We just shook our heads the whole way and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. We believed it would be clear, but it was just so obvious. It was just a big old 10 mile wide. I thought, I can find this. I can fly through here. (laughs) You know, I don't just mean weather, but I mean I could see it was clear. That's what I needed right there. And we have seen that again and again and again and again and again. Speak to it. Everybody say, speak to it. Jesus said, you could do this. And not only this, but you could do that. Faith-filled words framed and created all that we see. And your words frame your world. Amen? Your words today frame your future for tomorrow. In Proverbs, and let's look in the 18th chapter. We are so blessed, aren't we? Oh, how blessed we are. Proverbs 18, are you there? Verse 20. Proverbs 18, 20 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of what? Of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips. Shall he be filled? I mean, he's he's talking specifically, literally, about eating and being satisfied and not running out connected with how you talk. You need to be saying things like this. I will never go hungry. My family will never go hungry. We will never do without. Now you start talking about that and some people will go, well, now. There's other folk didn't want to go hungry either. 
And didn't mean to go hungry either, but they did. Because you just never know. <laughs> but that is not how we're taught to speak. Let the weak say. Joel 3.10. Let the weak say. Don't talk weakness when you feel weak. When all the tests say you're weak. Talk strength. Romans 4. Call those things that be not. As though they were. Got a bunch of bills piled up on the table. Don't talk about what are we going to do. I don't know where it's going to come from. Say I call every bill paid. Talk to them. Bills can hear too. Bills. I call you paid. Everyone. Money. Come in to pay every one of these bills. We'll pay every bill. We'll pay off every debt. We'll have plenty and more left over. Now you got to say that when it looks like there's no way. You got to say that when you ain't got a clue where it could come from. Where it looks like there's no way it could come in in time. That's what faith is all about. It's the evidence of things not seen. Amen. God didn't wait till he saw a glimmer of light before he started speaking. He didn't see any of this when he started speaking. Faith was first. Words were first. Then came the natural. Friend, you can change your body. James says so. That you can control your whole body with your tongue. Put your faith on it. You got a body part that's not working right? Put your faith on it and say, listen to me, ear. You're my ear. I have authority over you in Jesus' name. You hear perfectly. You hear normally. Liver, be cleansed. Be healed and work like you're supposed to. Somebody say, you're talking to your liver? Jesus would. Right? He's your example. Can you say amen? Keep reading. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever you love to talk about, that's what you're going to eat. That's what you're going to have. Did you hear this scripture now? Death and life are just totally up to God. That's not what it said. Do you understand God works with your words? Hmm? Is it true God works with your words? Jesus is called the high priest of your confession. Did he say by your words you'll be justified? By your words you'll be condemned? By your words? By what you said? I had the privilege of working with Dr. Kenneth Hagin for 20-something years. And he tells something that happened in part of his ministry that just have stuck with me, etched with me. One of the clearest examples of this death and life being in the power of the tongue. A young man who had helped them in the ministry just suddenly fell ill, seriously ill. Next thing you know, he's in a comatose state in the hospital. Everybody called, well, let's pray. And, and they called a special meeting to pray. And he was, you know, dear to them. And they got on the floor and started praying. And uh, he said for over a course of two or three days, while the, while the young man lingered in the coma, 
He did his best to try to pray the prayer of faith. Finally, he told the Holy Ghost, he said, Holy Spirit, you're not hooking up with me on this. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, no, and I'm not. He said, why? It's not your will for this man to die at this early age. He said, no, but he is. Spiritual laws have been set in motion long ago. And they can't be reversed at this time. Well, he didn't understand that. But he knew he'd heard from God. So what do you do? So he just got up. He didn't try to explain it to the people. He just said, well, let's be dismissed. And sure enough, the young man died. Only 39 years of age. 39. Way too young to die. And the family came in. They wanted Dr. Hagen to be part of the funeral. And he told the young man's pastor what the Lord had told him. And in talking to the mother and a brother, I guess it was, and a sister, they came and got Brother Hagen and said, tell them what you told me. He said, well, the Lord told me that spiritual laws had been set in motion long ago. And they couldn't be reversed and changed at this time. And the mother started crying. She said, you know, from the time he was a little boy and in his teen years and then later on, he said he had never lived to see 40. Said it was strange. They'd just be out playing, you know, 10 years old. And his brother said, yeah, we'd be out playing in the barn and we'd get tired and get quiet and sit still. And he'd tell me he's, he's never going to live to see 40. And the sister, I believe it was, spoke up and said, yeah, it wasn't, you know, a year or so ago. They were doing some things. And he's told her that, that he, he, he'd never see 40. Well, he's been saying this most of his life, that he would never see 40. Spiritual laws were set in motion long ago. And see, now he's in a coma. They can't get through to him. And they can't just reverse things he set in motion all his life. You'd like to. But now he's not where he can. Well, he went home to be with the Lord. Well, that's, you know, that's great. Better than being here. But he was robbed of some things that he could have had down here. Is it, does it matter what you say about you? About your life? About your future? Are you today framing your world with your words for tomorrow? Whether we like it or we don't. We're reaping the fruit of what we said last year. And what we said 10 years ago. You know, watch about say, Oh boy, that's just my weak spot. I just, you know, I just don't know how to do that. And I just, no, I'm not smart like that. And I just can't. What, you say that for 30 years? be very hard for you to learn in that area well I don't care about all that if I got something to eat and, and I, you know I got a place to live I don't care that's all I want that's all I want well you say that for 50 years you'll be limited you'll be stuck right there all your words are shaping and molding just like God framed the world's with his faith-filled words. You and I are framing and shaping something every day when we open our mouth and we talk. Let's frame prosperity. Let's frame healing. I like saying, with long life, he'll satisfy me. 
Show me his salvation. Somebody say, how long are you going to live? Well, it depends on how long the Lord tarries. <laughs> I mean, if he comes tomorrow, well, it's all mute issue. But if he doesn't, how long are you going to stay? I'm going to stay till I get old. And then if I'm not satisfied, I'm going to stay some more. Amen. So what? You don't know when your time comes, you're going. Yeah, and you don't know the Bible. The Apostle Paul says, I'm in a strait betwixt two. I got a desire to depart and go home, which is better. But to stay here is needful for you. And which one I'm going to choose, I don't know. Isn't that what he said? He said, I, I, I want to go to see Jesus because that's the best for me. Ooh, I'm wanting to go. But you know, I look at you and uh, you need help. <laughs> and so I'm, I need to stay and teach you because, yeah, you need a lot of help. And, and you can see in the letter, then he decides, I'm going to stay a while. We have a lot more to do with these things than most people ever dreamed of, ever thought about. Right. Why don't you stand up on your feet and let's use our words tonight to frame some things about our future. Would that be okay? Oh, hallelujah, we hadn't got to it yet, but you know, you get on over here in this 11th chapter of Hebrews, while you're standing, I'll just, I'll just read it to you. You know, Joseph stood up, well not stood up rather, but he, on, on his deathbed at 110, he told him, he said, God's going to take you out of here, it's going to happen, he didn't say it might happen, he said, it's going to happen. And when it does, uh, I won't be around. But well, won't you go pick up my bones out by the cemetery? Go, go pick up my bones and take them with you because you're going. And that way, I can, in, in part, I can go with you. And different ones, you know, spoke blessings over their children and their children's children and generations to come. They framed that that set things in motion. You believe we could do some of that tonight? Yeah, we can. Close your eyes. Let's focus and let's concentrate for a little while here tonight. Said out loud, thank you, Lord. You're a faith God. You framed all the worlds with your words of faith. I'm your faith child. I live by faith. I walk by faith. Your faith, the faith of God, is in me now. And I have the right to choose my own words and to put faith in them and release them into this earth and into the spirit and into the future. And they make a difference. My words change things. Hallelujah. So we're going to act on this tonight. Our words change things. Said out loud in Jesus' name. Things will go well with me the rest of this year. I will increase more and more. Me and all my children. All that pertains to me will increase mightily. I'll not go down. 
I'm going up in influence, in prosperity, in strength, in anointing, in revelation, in being used of God, in being a greater blessing, in helping others. I am and will increase mightily in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, are you confident of that? Doesn't make any difference if you're not confident in it. Confident in it. Hallelujah. Lay your hands on your body. Lay one hand on your stomach, one up on your chest. You have authority over this body in Jesus' name. It has to respond. Say it out loud. Body. Body. Respond to these words. words. Be healthy. healthy. And be strong. strong. Be whole. Be Be clear. Be clean. clean. Be free. free. From all disabilities. disabilities. Be Be free. From all disease. Be free. From all imbalances. Be free. From weakness. And pain. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) A lot of things happened right then. You might not see it in the leaves right now, but the the root was struck right then. Say this out loud. Immune system. I speak to you. Be strong in Jesus' name. Organs, glands, blood cells, blood vessels, joints, bones, marrow. Sinew, Sinew. muscle, Muscle. skin, Skin. be whole, be clear, be clean, be strong, be healthy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory. Just keep your hands on yourself. Healing power is working in bodies right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Just keep your hands on yourself for a little bit here. Healing power is working in my body. Praise God. Say that out loud. Healing power is working in my body right now. Hallelujah. I assure you, you have time for this. Glory to God. Say it once again. Healing power. Is working in my body right now. Mm, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Be confident that it is. That's all you have to do. Hallelujah. Put your hands on your head. Say it out loud. Mind, I speak to you. Be clear. Be free of all confusion, free of all darkness 
or dimness or dullness, be bright, be sharp, be clear, be free. I have a sound mind in Jesus' name. I have a sound mind in Jesus' name. Once again, I have a sound mind in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, no more talking about how old you are. No more talking about that. I guess I'm past 40 now. I don't remember so good anymore. Quit saying that. You just limit yourself. You just, you, you bind yourself up with your words. Now say it out loud. I'm quick. I'm sharp. I pick up stuff quick. I get it sharp. Amen. Even when it seems like you're not, talk like that. Amen. Talk like that. And it seems like it's difficult for you. And you've read it three times and you still don't understand it. Just sit there and look at it and go, I can get this. I'm sharp. I can get this. I'm quick. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's speak to our marriages in the church family. Everybody said out loud, marriages. Be right. Marriages. In faith life family, every married couple, marriages, be right, be strong, be corrected, be sanctified, be adjusted, be normal in God and glorify and honor God, marriages. We speak to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. I uh, heard one of our top officials a day or so ago say, He said, well, there will be casualties. Talking about our guys. When he heard that, I wanted to say, quit, shush. (laughs) I couldn't. There's examples in the Bible where the Lord kept every soldier. They didn't lose a one in terrible battles. I know there's been some that have already been killed. We honor that. We respect that. But God's able to keep our troops. Amen. And uh, especially those of our own company and those of our own families and relatives. Let's say it out loud. Every one of our own, of our families and our extended families, every man, every woman in the conflict. God is keeping them. He's protecting them. He's guiding them. He's directing them. And they'll come back. 
And they're being kept in Jesus' name. And let's, let me lead you in this prayer too. Say it out loud. And Lord, we've already prayed. But for all those that don't know how to pray. And don't know you. We're asking you for mercy. For their lives. To keep them all. And everyone bringing them back. We're asking you for mercy. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He is a merciful, gracious God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.